When she's not in her studio, Christchurch artist Melissa McLeod can be found foraging coastal flower seeds around New Brighton. She takes the seeds home and cultivates them in a greenhouse before finding ways to incorporate them into her photography and sculptural work. Visitors to the most recent Scape Public Art Festival in Christchurch might have experienced her show there, on an east wind, 144 bags of sea air, where she captured the air in giant plastic containers the visitors walked through. Melissa is spending most of this year researching and imagining, rather than making, after receiving the $30,000 Olivia Spencer Bauer Foundation Award. There's a photo gallery of her work on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Well, first we chatted about the award and what it allows Melissa to do this year. It specifies that you essentially shut the door on your studio and hide away. It asks that you don't work towards an exhibition of, as such, uh, that you, you you spend some time dreaming, really. So that's pretty special. Not all awards are like that. They're often a lot more um, bossy and um, about a final finished product. Uh, so with all of that on board, I, um, I proposed to work with flowers, coastal flowers, and, yeah, sort of hide away for a year um, delving in, into that arena. Will you be allowed out now and then from your studio to yeah. go and collect them? Because that's something that you do, isn't it? You forage. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm already wandering uh, the Brighton coastline quite a lot, <laughs> as I have done in prior work. I scavenge and um, use material you know, from the land. So most recently I've been um, doing a lot of uh, sampling of the different coastal flowers that are growing around where I live in, in my community in Brighton and also it's a great time to collect the seeds which are a little bit like dandelion seeds they're these sort of ghosty little um, things that you sort of have to catch and, and hold into your, in your hand so yeah it it does involve exploring and walking and um, being part of my community. And what are some of your favourite flower seeds? This whole project that I'm um, in at the moment is around Garzania, which are often called a treasure flower. They're a, a little coastal daisy that are an introduced flower from South Africa. And they um, love taking over areas of, of the local coast, um, not only in Brighton. So they're a beautiful little yellow, happy little thing. I've become quite fascinated with them because they're really hardy and, um, yeah, a bit stroppy, really. They'll get mowed over and then sort of pop back up. So, yeah, it's quite specific what I'm interested in as far as this, as this research time goes. And, I mean, given that you are interdisciplinary, so given that you work in sculpture and performance and photography, are you going to be over this year thinking about ways of being able to use the seeds or the flowers or other flora or fauna in all of those disciplines? Or do you have, I know this is a dreaming year, but do, do these floral works lend themselves to one more than another? Research-wise, I often um, grab photography and moving image. It's a lovely sort of instant um, medium. Um, I do a lot of drawing, and I've pressed a lot of the flowers so far, which has been quite exciting. I've been grinding up some of the, the petals to create sort of powders. Yeah, and I, I am really excited about doing a little bit of moving image um, because these flowers open and close um, in response to light. 
they're quite intriguing, um, you know, and, and how they sort of shut themselves up. Um, so th- the plan is to use some um, some moving image to sort of capture that um, cyclic process. Yeah, which is a, a, an interesting sort of side to to this year. The main thing I'm interested in is how these will become a land art work eventually and that they will become an actual material that I create sculptures out of. That's, I guess, the, the tip of the iceberg, um, whether it's this year or, or a little longer than that. There's a bit of a, a sort of a an idea or a a um, vision I'm working towards, I suppose, and in, in using them as, as a huge field of colour. Yeah, land art. That, I, mean, I haven't heard that phrase before, but it's exactly <laughs> what it says on the tin, isn't it? <laughs> so we're becoming and experiencing it. The ultimate 3D high def, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a funny term. It can bring to mind a lot of men from the sort of 70s, like the Smithson sort of era. There's not too many women that were part of that crew back then. But I think definitions of what land art is have changed, luckily, since then. Well, I um, like your description of it. I think that sounded <laughs> sound gorgeous. Now, you've got a dedicated greenhouse too, so you're taking this very seriously. I, I suppose I'd rather do a project quite obsessively or I'd rather not do it at all if I'm not going to immerse myself in it yeah, extremely. So behind a finished sculpture is, is you know, is model making, is, um, is trialling and sampling and failures and um, drawings and writing. So, yeah, it, it, it comes from sort of layers of thinking, I suppose, ideally. And also at the moment, and off the back of COVID perhaps too, you know, people really are, perhaps New Zealanders are feeling rather more connected to the land than they were before. You know, those those daily walks. When you were looking at flowers or birds or trees, if you were lucky enough to be in part of the country where you could, mm. within your hour or two hours, go and see them. You know, I think it's quite an interesting time to yeah. really consider the place of maybe a humble flower. I, I never knew the name of the one that, that you've just described. Mm. But, but why, why not take time to connect with it? Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, you've just sort of nailed it. It's, I mean... This time is about exploring, but I guess as a sculptor, I, I often have this sort of end vision or, or a feeling or something I'm aiming to, and to potentially at the end of all this research, and if I win lotto in the process, and I engage in, with all the right people, if I was to make this work and provide a field or a mountain of bright yellow to to invite people into sort of a, a, a fantasy world or an escape uh, you know, a moment of escape um, is is the aim, really. Totally up for that. Totally <laughs> up for that one. You mentioned before powdered petals. I just kind of got to ask, uh, what's that like, and what's that for? I, I'm interested in the tones. The, these flowers have a, a whole range of hybrids, and um, they're often sort of beautiful, rich golds and brick colours. Um, sort of a range of yellow tones, and I. I've become interested in, in other works that I've done recently in in using natural materials, but looking at the, the colour ranges within within um, a specific material. So, so you use them like a, like a paint. Yeah, that that was potentially the idea. It was in response, I guess, to the nature of the flowers, which self seed or scatter themselves. So, I was interested in maybe the powder, um, somehow drawing with the powder and evoking that sense of a scattering feeling. 
because a big part of the work, I guess, is that I will completely lose control of it and it will have a life of its own, which is, you know, really fascinating to me. I won't have final say on what these flowers do and the colours that they create uh, long term. That wouldn't be for every artist, would it? <laughs> that, no. that, that, that concept of handing over control to your materials. No, I've, I've realised it's what I do. And it, I think it's making me go grey and have sleepless nights. But I feel like just about every material I choose lately it gives me a bit of a run round. And it must be that I like that. Does, um, that, does that include sea air? It does. <laughs> I got it because I, I, I can't believe that I missed this last year because I totally would have interviewed you about it. But, but your the project that you created for um, Scape uh, involving Sierra, talk me through the, the thoughts and the reaction to it. A little bit in the in the vein of this, it, it, the, the sort of the impetus behind it was to create a world that you walked in that you lost yourself in. And also, I suppose, as a sculptor, when you're given a huge big space that's uh, 15 by 20 metres and you've got a budget, you also ask yourself, what can I do in this space that I can afford? So there's lots of sort of things you're juggling. But um, irrelevant of that, I've been taking things like seawater and sand and and things that represent the coast um, and using them in my work. So um, sea air just felt like, in a way the ultimate in something essential and a prime material, really. I gave myself the challenge to somehow collect that and create a room or environment that people could walk into and immerse themselves in, which involved quite a few truckloads of air being filled into these um, bags that I managed to um, sort of stumble upon called dunnage bags, um, which are usually used in shipping containers as a packing medium. And they carry air from country to country, I guess. So they, they sort of felt like a really lovely thing to have um, to have found that really worked. And, yeah, a few hundred of them got filled and um, with a com- compressor and a lovely group of people helping me uh, then sort of stack them like a store or a vault, I guess, of, of air that people could wander through in the CBD. Did it travel, that smell of sea air, as we would imagine it? Um, no. <laughs> I would love to say yes, and I think in a way in people's minds it might have, um, which is interesting to me that a lot of the materials I'm I'm using have that about them. You're sort of hooking into people's dreams or memories or, or childhood experiences to some degree. But in reality, I would say the ear ended up smelling more like the bags that um, it was contained by, unfortunately. I guess in a way it wasn't so much about the smell, it was more this notion that you could capture sea air and you could transport it from one place to another. And I guess maybe post-COVID, why that might be necessary was something people were quite fascinated by. Love the way your mind works. I really do, Melissa. (laughs) Why why does the the coast mean so much to you? Did did you grow up, you know, going to the the beach as a kid? I, um, I was lucky enough to grow up in Totranui and run around there pretty much like a feral little kid until I was about 10. Um, I did correspondence, but I I could get that done in a couple of hours in the morning. So, yeah, I guess that's pretty ingrained in me and my interests. And from then on, life's been pretty coastal-based. And I I am a partner to a surfer. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah, I've, I, my kids and I have spent a, a lot of time on beaches. Melissa McLeod, who's this year's Olivia Spencer Bauer Foundation Award winner.